Okay, let's stand in honor of God's word. <laughs> and let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Okay, you could sit down. Go ahead, Chris. You could pass out the elements. And we're just going to, as we have communion this morning, and we partake, in obedience to what Jesus told us the night before he was taken to be crucified. And he gave us one of the mysteries. He gave us one of the mysteries, and it was the communion. It was the Last Supper. It was partaking of the blood and the body of Jesus. This morning, we want to lift those who are not here. We want to lift those who are sick. We want to lift up those who are broken, who are suffering, who are lost. How many of you have friends that you know that don't know the Lord? Anybody? Of non-Christian friends. <laughs> Mom says she doesn't have any friends. <laughs> okay, so as we partake this morning, let's think of the people that we know that need Jesus. Let's think of the people we know and as we partake of Jesus, as we partake of him this morning, in the presence of our enemies. It doesn't matter how bad things are. It doesn't matter what's going wrong. Don't believe it. It's a lie from the enemy. What's going wrong is your circumstances. They are a lie from Satan because Jesus has you in the palm of his hand. He has you in the palm of his hand. You are his son. You are his daughter. He will hold you in the right hand of his righteousness for his name's sake. You are his name's sake. You are his inheritance. You are his children. He is not going to let you go. 
He is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you. And one way is by what we're going to do right now, the mystery that Jesus told us, the body and the blood as we partake of him in the presence of his enemies, of our enemies. He sets a table before us. Paul or Peter, I think it's Peter, talks about in Corinth, uh, Paul in Corinthians that the table of the Lord where it says he sets the table, that is the communion table. They understood it in the Old Testament. Think about it. They were being dragged out of their houses, thrown into lions. What do you call those things? Dens or like big coliseums. They were taken, children, mothers, fathers, dragged out of their homes. Why? Because they believed in Jesus. Because they believed Jesus was the Messiah. But it was more than that. Satan wanted to stop the church. Satan wanted to stop what Jesus had ordained when he died on that cross. And he wants to stop it today. He wants to stop the church today because he's coming back. And he wants to stop the church from doing what they're called to do. And from doing what God has anointed them to do and prepared them to do. One way we'll be prepared is the body and the blood of Jesus. Think about it. Think about it. He sent this. We're going back. We're going back to the garden because he's coming back and we're going to reign with him for a thousand years. He's coming back. Think about it. Think about how those people felt in their houses as they were praying and they were praying, Jesus, we believe you. Why? Because they saw him. They saw him raised from the dead. They saw people raised from the dead out of their graves after he was resurrected. They knew that a heavenly divine thing had happened. That's why we take this. So that we are filled with that, with him, his presence, his power, his glory. So let's take it today and worship him. And praise him and thank him for his provision. He sets a table for you and for me in the presence of our enemies. Don't forget it. I'm sure that's what Paul and Peter told the Christians when they were gathering in their homes. And the mothers and the little children. And they were saying, you know, they're taking people away. They're taking them to prison. I heard they're throwing him into The Colosseum, where lions are. How do we prepare for that? And you know what he said? Come to the table. Come to the table. The body and the blood. And I don't know. It seems like everything's okay right now in a way for us Christians In America, we have liberty, we have freedom still to come together. We still have it, and we should thank God every day 
and fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for your freedoms. They're God-given. But the day may come where you're going to be challenged like they were in those days, in those houses, those mamas, those babies, those papas. And they had to choose. Choose this day who you will serve. But they knew that eternity, eternity was what was on the plate. They knew. They believed because they saw him. They saw Jesus. And even though we can't see him, he will show us himself. One way is by communion. As we partake of the body and the blood, a supernatural event will take place in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit that will enable you for anything that's coming, anything to be victorious because that's what Jesus gave us on the cross. Victory, people, victory over sin, over death, over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over every evil thing in this world we have victory over. How do we get it? We take communion. That's one way Jesus told us. It's not me making it up, is it? You know the story. Jesus said, do this. Do this. Why did he say that? Because he thought it was some insignificant little thing? He knew that night he was going to be crucified. He knew. He knew what was coming. And this was his preparation. And it was his preparation for his most beloved disciples. And it's his preparation for us. Because he loves us so much. So we're going to partake today. And Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for your body. Let's hold the body up. The body of Jesus broken, broken for our healing, for our restoration. And Lord, we just, we claim this healing for those who need healing this morning. You know who they are. You know their needs. We bring them before you, anyone we can think of who needs healing. And for our bodies, that they would be strong and healthy and ready to do the work of the Lord. We pray protection over every body here today in the name of Jesus. And we pray protection for those listening by the body of Christ broken on our behalf. Let's partake together. Just break it as he asked the disciples to do, and let's partake. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. Let it fill us, God. Let it fill us from head to toe. 
that we would never be the same. Lord, and now we lift up the cup, the cup, the blood of Jesus, as he said, take, eat my body, my blood given for you, for our forgiveness, for our cleansing. Lord, we lift this cup and we say, praise your name. Praise your name that every sin that your people commit is forgiven by the blood of Jesus. It was forgiven on that day 2,000 or so years ago. On that day when you gave your life, when you shed your blood, every sin forgiven. And all you ask us to do is to come to you. To come to you. Confess one to another. Repent. Simple things of just coming into his presence. But they're already forgiven. He just wants us to do it in obedience so he can bless us. So we're going to partake of this today, and we're going to believe, oh God, that you wash us whiter than snow, and we're going to commit to follow you by the power of this blood that we partake of. Thank you, Lord. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise. Let's just listen to this song together as we close and just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Grace, you want to come on down? I'm lost in the mystery. Thank you, Lord. Well, there's a couple things before we take up communion. We need to be praying for Phil and Ellie. They're sick. They're not feeling good. And I hope they're in our prayers and communion. For Terry, for Mom and Ed, we keep praying for them. And for their healing to their bodies. And we're believing that they're healed in Jesus' name. And then on Wednesday night, we're praying here for everyone. So, and you all are welcome for Wednesday night prayer meeting here at the church at 7. And we're going to make it a prayer and healing. So if you know anybody that's sick, that needs healing, bring them. We'll pray for them, lay hands on them and anoint them. Get them healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for today. I pray your anointing over, Lord God, this service. And I believe, Lord God, that, Lord, your anointing is here. 
Your anointing is upon us. Your presence is here, Lord God, with us. Where the two or more are gathered, it says, Lord God, that you're here with us. And we're just praying and believing, Lord God, for your blessings upon us, on, your, on our finances, on our homes, on our families, that, Lord God, you would keep us and you would direct us. And, Lord God, and you will guide us. And you will be a light unto our feet, Lord Jesus. Lord God, and I pray this, Lord, and I pray your blessings upon, Lord God, all those today that are giving. I pray your anointing upon them. Lord Jesus, I pray that your presence would rest with them wherever they go. And I pray for all those, Lord God, that aren't here, that you would bless each one of them. Lord God, bless the work of their hands. Prosper them. Lord God, above all, beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health. That's God's will for us, to prosper and be in good health. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon is that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And you can find that in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed or perished from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. Sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? You know, you could be sitting there right now saying, well, this scripture doesn't really apply to me because it's the Old Testament and it's the Old Covenant. You could be saying, well, Jesus took care of all of that. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. It says, but you are a chosen people. A what? A royal priesthood. What does that mean? That means we're all priests. That we're not just priests, but we're royal priests. Every one of us, we're a chosen people, we're a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. So what have we been? We're called to be a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're called to declare the praises of God. To bring people out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's what we're called to do. We're all called to be priests. So in Hosea, it's not just speaking about the priest. Speaking about the people, the believers. And what did Jesus say? In Matthew, in 
In Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, Jesus even said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least into the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So this scripture applies to all of us in Hosea living right now. In this very age, not just back then. I mean, it was applicable back then. It's even more applicable now. As we are called priests, royal priests. As Jesus didn't come to just abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. You know, my wife has been watching these short little videos on Ray Comfort on YouTube. Now, do you guys know who Ray Comfort is? No. You probably will, but Ray Comfort has a tremendous street ministry. And you probably know him because he's with Kurt Cameron. Now, who all knows who Kurt Cameron is? You guys know who Kurt Cameron is. You've watched all of his movies. He played in Fireproof. He played, played in all the Left Behind movies. Played in Monumental and many others. Anyway... Julie has been watching Ray Comfort go out and witness on the streets. And she said to me the other day that she was amazed at how many people are just plain clueless, clueless when it comes to the Bible and the Word of God. When he's going out there and he's ministering to them, they're just clueless. They have no idea what the Bible says. They have no idea what the Word of God says. And she was amazed at that. And it made me think about it. So, I know Julie's sitting right over here, so I just want you to know that, yes, I do listen to my wife. <laughs> I might not look like it at times, but I am listening. I am always hearing.
And this morning, God spread light on what she said. And it's funny, because I might not have commented on what she said at the time when she was talking to me about it, but it was right there in the back of my mind. And this morning, it's like God brought it up of what she said. You know, that's how it is when you get the word in your heart. You, when you get the word in your heart and you read the word and you know, even though you might not, you might be reading it and you're like, I'm not comprehending anything. Many times I, when, when I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? Lord will bring up a scripture. It's like, where did I read that? In which book? But I read it. And it's there because it's been hidden in your heart. Now, I want to tell you, Julie is the most faithful person I know on reading her word and her Bible. And she's got a lot of it in her heart. Because she's up and she reads it every day. She journals it. She reads it. She's a great example. But I was thinking about this scripture. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. Do you know, I want to make something clear. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is wisdom. And it's what we have knowledge in that I think really matters. When Hosea was talking about his people perishing because of lack of knowledge, it wasn't because they were great landscapers, great at technology, or great builders. You don't perish because you know how to operate a computer well, or you don't know how to operate a computer well. You're not going to perish because of that. God's not going to cause you to perish because you don't know how to operate a computer. Or because I might not know everything about landscaping or building. You're not going to perish because of that. Why are you going to perish? Why would God say my people perish? They perish because of lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the word of God. They're perishing because they don't know the word of God. And when she said, when she was watching these videos with Ray Comfort, and these people are clueless, it made me think of a whole generation that we're losing because they don't know the word of God because nobody's teaching them the word of God. And you can blame it on the priests. You can blame it on the pastors. But it goes all the way back to their homes. Because God called us all as a royal priesthood. We're all royal priesthood. We're all priests in the kingdom of heaven. But they're perishing because of a lack of knowledge, because of lack of the word hidden in their heart, because of lack of God in their lives, of lack of who Jesus is and who God is. That's what would cause you to perish that's the only thing that's going to cause you to perish. is because you don't know the Son of God, Jesus, and all that He's done. 
If you think about it, a lack of true knowledge, I wrote down here, a lack of true knowledge is a lack of knowing God. You perish, and people perish. Sorry, I've got pages here. I ran out of pages, so I had to rip some pages out of another legal pad. They perish because they've heard the truth and they reject the truth. People perish because they hear the truth and they reject the truth. They reject the Son of God, who is truth, Jesus. Who can set you free, Jesus. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. They perish because they don't know who Jesus is. They don't know what Jesus has done. They don't know the benefits of what we just took place of with communion. About the blood and the body of Jesus. They don't know it. People are not learning it. People are not desiring it. Because they're desiring other things. And that what they desire is contradictory to the Word of God. So when they get into the Word of God, they start feeling guilty and discomfort. So then they put it aside. Because they'd rather be in their sin or be lost than to know the truth. And the fact is, like I said, they know the truth, but they reject the truth. They reject the truth that Jesus was born a virgin, went to the cross for our sins, the sins of the world, that he died, that he rose on the third day victoriously, and that he's coming back for his bride. Now that is true knowledge. That is true knowledge. That is the truth. And where there's the lack of the truth, then the people perish. What's happening in our country right now and across the world is that there's a lack of the truth, especially right now in the United States of America. There's a lack of the truth. Last week I preached on where are the good men. Where are all the good men that bring a good report? There's a lack of good men bringing a good report. There's a lack of people letting them know that, hey, the truth is that if you are keep going in your sin, then you're going to die in your sin. And then you're going to have to face God on Judgment Day. And no, I cannot take your place or nobody else can take your place. And you wouldn't want me to take your place. You work out your own salvation with your own fear and trembling is what the Bible says. We all have to give an account on that day. When God calls us up, 
It's like the wedding banquet. Once the door is shut, it's shut. No man can enter. But you want to make sure your name is there and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You want to make sure that you're living a good life. Not a bad life. You know, King David said that he meditated on the, on the law day and night. Day and night he meditated on the law. And you know, and he was a man after God's own heart. And he had the law of God. He didn't have all the New Testament and all the stories of Jesus. He knew of Jesus. God told him, foretold him of Jesus. God told him that he was going to have a man on the throne. Always. And King David meditated on it day and night, day and night. But there's people that are not teaching the truth. There's a lack in our homes. There's a lack of meditating on the word. There's a lack in prayer. And it's nationwide. It's, a, it's, a, it's worse than a pandemic. Worse than an epidemic. Worse than a pandemic. Churches are being getting smaller and smaller. 65% of Christians don't know the word. It's terrible. We have rejected the truth and we've gone after our own way, which leads right to destruction. As a whole and as a nation. I wrote down here that we need to repent. Ask God for forgiveness. Get right with God. We need to get into the word. Which is a lamp unto our feet. And a light for our path. 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Lord, we come to you today. Lord, we confess our sins. I confess my sins, the lack of your word, of lack of prayer, Lord God. I humbly ask your forgiveness. Help me to desire your word. Help me to get in your word. Help me to make time for you, Lord, instead of time for everything else. I got time for this, I got time for that, but I don't have any time for you. Lord, help me get my own priorities straight in Jesus' name. It's all we got to do. It's all we got to do. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Should be the most important thing. Should be the first thing we do when we get up. The most important thing in our lives. The very most important thing in our lives is our relationship with God. 
of knowing Him, of knowing the truth, not being caught up in the world, because the world will tear you up and spit you out, will lead you down paths of destruction, will lead you down a wide road. And you might think, well, I'm strong enough. I can handle this. I can do this. I know where I stand. No, you're not strong enough. I'm telling you, I don't care how strong you are. You're not strong enough. You know what it says in the Bible? That the devil is constantly waging war with your soul. Constantly at war with you. That's why we have the full armor of God. That's why we put the full armor of God on every day. That's why we put the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We gird our loins with the buckle of truth. We shot our feet with the gospel. We take up the shield of faith and we take up the word of God, which is our sword. We have to apply it every day because the devil is at war with us every day. Thanks, Jules. I caught that. <laughs> I can't tell because when I hear it, I just am like, I feel like I'm loud, I'm loud all the time anyways when I'm talking or shouting. I don't know what it is. You get up here and you get under this pulpit and you get under an anointing. Just ask uh, Julie. She was under the anointing this morning when she was doing communion. Thank you, Lord. But it's time, church, that we've got to take our Christian walk serious. We've got to be the remnant of God that's going to hold on to the garment and not let go. We've got to hold on to Jesus with all we have, with all we got, especially in these end days that we're living in. There's signs all around us that we're in these end days. We need to get hungry for the Word of God. We need to be thirsty to drink from the well of life, which is the Word. Amen? we got to put them first every day. got to hide it in our heart. So when the day of testing comes, we'll be able to stand. We'll be able to say, no temptation devil has seized me except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. But when I am tempted, guess what? Bam! He's going to click a door open and I can get out. From underneath this temptation. There's always a way out of every temptation. Always a way out. All you got to do is you turn and you run in the opposite direction. That's what repentance is. You turn 180 degrees and you turn toward God. Amen? Don't let the devil trip you up. Don't let the devil fool you and trick you. Because he'll do everything. He's as, he's as, what do you call him? He's as sly as a snake. Slippery as a greased pig. I don't know. 
<laughs> but he's the devil. He's the liar. He's the author of lies. And he deceives you. And he deceives many because he comes as an angel of light. He's a poser. He's a fake. And he's been around for thousands of years. Resist the devil and he'll flee. You just keep resisting the devil. You resist him long enough. He'll know better than to come around. Amen? Alright, I'm going to close with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just want to open up this altar to you, Lord God. If anybody needs prayer of repentance or forgiveness, that they would come on down, Lord God. Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you would speak to our hearts, Lord God. Lord, you have come to give us life and have it more abundantly, to have a good life, Lord Jesus. Not to be toiled with by the devil, not to be controlled by the devil, but to be set free and have true freedom and have true knowledge, which is the word of God. Lord God, which is wisdom, which is knowing you. Lord, there's nothing else in this life that can make us perish except a lack of knowing who you are. Staying in our sins, because if we really know who you are, Lord God, we would just rebuke our sins. We would come out of it in Jesus' name, and we would live with you forever. I pray this, Lord God, and I believe it, Lord God your word. You can't deny it. It's the truth. And I pray, Father, for this day, your blessings upon your people. For all those out there that are listening, Lord God, I pray that you would bless them. That you would, Lord God, bring healing and miracles and signs and wonders into their lives. Lord God, that you would set them free. Set the captives free. We bind up the devil over them. And we just pray that they'd be set free in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray this, Lord God, over this body. I pray your hedge of protection around each one of us. Lord God, I pray that your angels would minister to us and that you would post a guard all around us day and night. Pillar of fire by night. Pillar of cloud of smoke by day. Lord God, all around us. Lord God, I pray. Lord God, that nothing can come near us. Nothing can come near our tent. No plague, no pestilence, no fiery darts of the enemy can come near us. Lord God, I pray this, Lord God, and I just thank you, Jesus, for all you've done and all your benefits. I thank you for the blood that cleanses us white as snow. I thank you for the body that brings healing to us. I thank you, Lord Jesus. For your, for your supper table. And I just pray your blessings over each person. In Jesus name. Amen.